people first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We, we all, all want purpose to work. work. HR led organization is. I'm the sorry, but leaders don't lead empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants about leading in the time of change. What is working, what is not working, and more importantly, what we should be thinking about. Stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest. And now, let's engage. Hello, this is Sri Chalapa with People Strategy Leaders Podcast, and today I'm joined with Neha Nayak. As a wife, mother of two, and serial entrepreneur, Neha Nayak knows firsthand the journey of building an empire while raising a young family during a pandemic. She's built three successful businesses, two of them at seven figures now, a successful recruitment agency, a sleep consultant company, and a data analytics company. Neha loves guiding and supporting business owners who are looking to scale and grow their businesses while helping them align their passions with their career aspiration. She's also an official member of the Forbes Business Council, an invitation-only organization for successful small and mid-sized business owners. Well, thank you, Neha. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, really appreciate you making time for this. Thank you for having me and super excited um, to be here today. And thank you to all the listeners who are tuning in. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I think the topic of AI has been a big one. So we were talking about how AI is you know, potentially transforming um, a lot of the workplace behaviors and employment, uh, recruitment, things of this nature. So that's probably the, to- that's the topic we will focus on today. Um, can, you know, AI has been around for a while. Obviously, it really took uh, a, you know, a big leap uh, about a year ago when Mm-hmm. ChatGPT became like this new thing, and now everybody could actually use AI, and this was no longer this secret thing that only you know engineers and people uh, in big organizations had access to. Uh, mm-hmm. But more importantly, AI is really impacting uh, workplaces uh, on a daily basis now, right? People are using AI in a lot of HR-related functions like recruitment. Uh, talent identification for learning and development and growth. And, you know, here at Engagely, we've been using AI in our product as well um, mm-hmm. to help managers be better managers and, you know, and then for people leaders to identify their uh, next generation of talent and help them grow and develop. But coming back to uh, recruitment, since that's been one of your areas of expertise, you know, how is AI really impacting um in the in the recruitment space when you are looking for new talent and how's that is that a good thing or a bad thing i want to uh, hear your thoughts there i mean yes I, you know i think one of the things i want to acknowledge right off the bat is ai is here and it's here to stay right and so i think it's about um i know a lot of people who are afraid that it's going to take over jobs and i think rightfully so i think there's unfortunately going to be some replacement but that being said, I think it gives us a chance to upskill and up level ourselves as well. 
And so as it relates to the field of recruiting specifically, yes, there's AI now with like metrics with, you know, candidate funnels, like how quickly is it taking to, you know, find somebody. You also have AI sourcing platforms where you tell it like I'm looking for an engineer with this many years of experience. And the AI goes and finds 15, 20, 30 people that kind of match um, what you're looking for. But I don't ever think that we're going to lose the human out of the human resources, right? So I think even when AI is doing what it's doing, I think AI is going to take up a lot of the grunt work, a lot of the work where, you know, we were on our computers sending emails and doing all the things on the back end. So AI, I think, will is here to become our business partner of sorts, like our associate and really help us upskill, but also then use our time better to talk to people as opposed to doing some of the emailing and the sourcing and all that, right? So it's just a matter of what your objective is. And I think even that can be so subjective, right? Some people are really scared about AI. Some people love AI. Some people are somewhere in the middle. Like they don't know yet. They need to. They need time to figure it out. But for me personally, for my business and what I'm doing for my clients, I've really used learned to look at AI as kind of my ally as opposed to a foe, right? And so the minute you kind of change that mindset, then you say, okay, what can AI help with right now that I want to do, but I don't have the time to do? right? What can we automate? Um, And so that really increases like the output of the team as a whole. Um, And so I think that's what I'll say about, you know, AI specifically in the recruitment world. Well, so you are actively in the recruitment world. You probably in in your role, help companies recruit their best, next best, you know, leadership and people who will join the organization. Can you Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about what are the two or three big use cases that you have found AI to be particularly useful for? Yep. So I would say the very first use case that comes to mind immediately is candidate experience, right? So, I mean, a lot of us have been, um, have applied to jobs and have been ghosted essentially because the HR team just didn't have the manpower to sift through everybody that didn't qualify. So there's that limbo where you're like, am I a good fit? Am I not a good fit? Like they told me I was, but I haven't heard back. So AI has done a really good job of like picking up scheduling and also rejecting people on time, because I think that's part of the interview process. Like nobody wants to be like, I don't know what's going on, right? Nobody wants to be stuck in that limbo. So AI has done a really good job of like picking the slack up as it relates to scheduling. And also that person is not a good fit sending emails so that people know right away instead of waiting for months and months and months, right? And there was like a funny story where someone was telling me like, I applied to a job three months ago. And I, as soon as I got my new job, they rejected me from the job that I applied to three months ago. And it was like, at that point, it wasn't even relevant. So I would say the first thing is improving candidate experience, right? The second thing is data. I think a lot of times when you hire there is so much data collected. So even if you think of how many people are sourced, how many people we talk to, how many people are converted into hiring manager interviews, all the way to offer, kind of that funnel, right? So AI is really good at optimizing that funnel and learning from that funnel. So it can say something like, based on this person's background, they will likely get to this stage, but they're not going to make it to the offer. And here's why, right? So ultimately, it's saving everybody time um, and also energy, right? And then also sending, selling, uh, also saving time for the candidate as well. Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to stop you there right now. So how would an AI know when a candidate is not going to make past the first stage or the second stage? So it's a lot of the data that's been fed into it beforehand, right? So like, for example, if it's picking up on like years of experience, or this is what they're answering for their interview questions based on the notes that the hiring manager or recruiter is putting in, even technical tests, like if they get below 
you know, there must be a correlation with if they get like 90% plus on the technical test or below 90%, what is that correlation that are moving past it, right? We might also see that people who are really good at technical tests are actually not making it because they're not a good culture ad for the company. So what does that right number look like? So that's something that I think a really good case where people and company can look at data and then put an AI on it to study that data and then put out like predictive analytics so they know exactly what to expect, right? Now, are they going to be outliers? Of course, like there's of course going to be a couple of people here and there that kind of call that out, right? Um, so I think that's really important. Um, and the third use case is just taking away bias, right? So a lot of times, a lot of companies are now using AI because they feel like it can improve the job description and make it less biased. It can make the interview process better and take away bias. It can even do some type of a um, eraser on the candidate's resume so that the person reading the resume doesn't see their name, et cetera, and can take away bias, right? Because we have these like unconscious, or not unconscious, sorry, that means you're asleep, subconscious biases in our brain that have been kind of old programmed into us, right? We all have them, whether we admit it or not. It's just part of who we are today because of how we were brought up and what we see in society. So AI is going to get rid of that as well. And I think that's really going to help with people's DE&I scores within companies, right? Because that's huge. Like we need to make sure that every company is diverse, equitable, and inclusive. And so the, I think AI is really going to help with that as well. So those are the three, um, you know, kind of use cases that I can think of, but I mean, I'm sure there's many more. Yeah, I think uh, AI can really help as long as it is not biased. And also the problem, which I also sometimes see with AI is that it can easily become a crutch where they're like, oh, I'm just gonna rely on AI to do my job. And then it lose, loses that human element, you know, the intangibles, right? Sometimes the candidate may not be the best candidate on paper. Uh, mm -hmm. They may not have the best test scores. They may, not be have, they may not have gone to the best schools. They may not even have the right education or, mm -hmm. or, or even have a college degree for some, in some cases, right? And then it will reject that person probably because of the way it was trained to do. Like, you know, if you were looking mm -hmm. for a, uh, you know, a manager of some sort or a, even a entry level engineer and the person never maybe finished college or went to a community college or something. And then, uh, you know, a, a, a big tech company be like, this person is not even qualified. Right. Uh, so obviously those things have to be uh, figured out, uh, but it can clearly bias uh, against people especially when we're seeing that college is maybe not as relevant as it used to be in many, many jobs because it's transforming to a skills-based organizations uh, more and more because whatever you knew two years ago is no longer as relevant as it, as it will be in maybe in two more years. Correct. So how do you prevent from, you know, people from using AI as a crutch rather than using AI as an enabler for their role? Yeah. So I think this is, you know, when I was saying that the human uh, doesn't go away from human resources, right? So this is something that the leadership team at company has to sit down and say, at how much are we trusting AI? Is there like a Q&A being done? Are we looking at what it's evaluating on? What data are we feeding it? What are we telling it to bring out after we feed it the data? So these are like leadership decisions that they have to make. And I don't think... I mean, nobody will ever say like, here's AI, like it's going to do its job and we're never going to look at it again. Right. So that's where the human aspect of it comes in is like, and this happens to me all the time is, you know, um, I use a, an applicant tracking system where the AI will tell me that this is not a good candidate. And I always say like, let me look real quick. And I will say like eight out of 10 times the AI is right. The other two times I'm like, no, they're actually a pretty good fit where you just didn't look at what they did before five years, you know, whatever that looks like. So it's again, going back 
um, as an actual person in human resources, evaluating what data you're feeding the AI, what you're training it to do. And then again, doing Q&A checks, like you can't just leave it alone for years and years and years, but it will ultimately help you speed up and become more efficient in what you do, right? So again, as long as people sit down and have these discussions, um, then we're on, we're good because I don't think like any relationship is perfect, right? And so even if it's AI, like, I mean, I just, I, I was writing an email and I didn't know what to say. So I asked Chad GPT and I was like, how would I say this? And what he said to me just sounded so weird. I was like, no, I can't say that. That makes no sense. So I had to go back and say, okay, I'm going to just take what he said, but completely change it in my own words, right? Because he was using words that I was like, people don't know like what that word means. A lot of people like, let me just make it more simpler. Cause you know, I want to talk to people who are everyday people. Like you don't want to look like you're smarter than other people. Right. So, um, again, really kind of having those conversations early on and evaluating, um, and leadership being involved in these discussions, I think it's going to be paramount. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that with AI too, you know, it, it will write it in, in a form, like there's no reasonable, normal person who will write like this write that it sounds or so read that. flowery yeah it's so flowery it's got all these different adjectives being used and i'm like i would never use these words it doesn't sound human and it's true it's not human that's probably it's why it's not it doesn't human. Sound human yeah um, so one big topic i want to quickly pivot to here with ai is the bias and diverse, especially diversity bias that mm -hmm. we're talking about here in recruitment. Humans are inherently biased. So when I hear the argument that AI is gonna uh, lead to bias in recruitment, I'm, I actually have a chuckle because I think it's, it's humans are worse. It's almost like yeah. AI, AI, AI driven cars, if you will, self-driving cars. I think self-driving cars might cause an accident, but it'll be lot less than human caused accidents in the in the grand scheme of things right obviously there's you know if you, you can always pick an anecdote in this case ai did do bias right or in this case ai caused an accident if you were talked about ai failed caused an accident true out of those cases but if you take across the entire population set you'll probably see less bias obviously it depends on the trained data set like i said you could have a bias where the ai continuously rejects people who may not have the right education or the right degree or the right school because yeah. it may have seen in the past that you only hired from the top tier schools with you know engineering degrees or whatever the role is you know you hired it based on that and it's going to use that as a training data to say okay well i'm going to reject everybody who went to community college yeah. um so what is the role of AI in actually reducing bias? And in your experience, does it is it actually does it actually reduce bias? Yep. So I think the role of AI in reducing bias is I think it starts at like the foundational level. So even looking at like job descriptions, looking at your company branding, your mission, your vision, your values, right? Because again, we are inherently biased. So when I write a sentence, to me, I'm like, that's a sentence. But someone else could look at this and be like, that's a very like that reads more for women or that reads more for men right whether I believe it or not right somebody else could feel that way so I think it really just goes down to the goes back to the basics and like using AI to even look at I mean there's tools out there now where you upload the job description that you have and then AI will say I wouldn't say this sentence I would rewrite it this way and here's why and it tells you reasoning about why is going to stir a bias in some people reading it versus others. So I think that's like the first thing. I think the goal is for AI to come in at the foundational level, even before you start hiring, 
is looking at one, your job description two like kind of your, how your website is reading and just making sure that it's on the right track. So you are attracting high quality, high caliber candidates, right? The second thing about AI is, you know, um, I mean, I hate to admit this, but a lot of my clients are like, we want people, we don't want old people. We don't want too young. We want people that are from a specific community. Right. And I'm like, we can in HR, we can't do that. Like, I can't just say I'm not going to hire old people. Like it, it's not okay to say that. Like it literally can get us into legal trouble. And also it's not the right thing to do. So a lot of times what AI will do is they'll look, when I submit resumes to clients, we'll do like a blind submit where they basically take away the name, you know, et cetera. And then sometimes it'll even take a resume and combine it into one or two paragraphs. So it'll say like, Joe Schmo has over 10 years of experience doing blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't show on there when they went to college. It'll just say they had a, they have a bachelor's degree in manufacturing. They did this in, you know, their master's degree. So like that, I think, takes away the bias. Because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, he went to school in the 70s. Oh my gosh, he must be really old, right? So like, no, that's not a good fit because now they're too senior. Um, and likewise with younger people, right? Because I think nowadays what's happening is um, people are doing more with less time because of, we have all these tools available, right? So someone who's coming out of college is going to have that experience, is going to have that hunger, right? That people probably didn't have a little bit ago because they're exposed to so much more. And so again, AI is able to kind of use that in a blind way and get, and I have seen myself where when we have used this service, we've had a 60% higher rate to interview than when we didn't. Because people were literally using their uh, subconscious bias to just reject people based on age, based on gender, based on race, et cetera, right? And so once we kind of incorporated that, that's gone away. And so then when we present them the candidate and they can't say anything now because they're the ones that were like, this person looks great. So now nobody can come back and say they're too old, they're too young, they're too whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's another thing. So I, I feel like, especially as it relates to DE&I, um, that's where AI comes in. I think, and if you talk about like futuristically, and I'm sure some companies are doing that, but also looking at pay and pay equality and pay equity, right? I think also having your AI research other companies who are high, you know, what they're paying their men, their women, et cetera, and then coming up with a model that kind of goes along with gender equity, uh, pay equity with different genders, I think it's going to be huge too, right? So I know that's another huge initiative in HR that's going to continue to rise, but like using AI to put in syndicated models of data from different companies within your industry so that you know that you are in par or on par with what you need to be doing in terms of pay. So I think that's another kind of use case specifically as it relates to DE&I. Yeah. So one thing I was thinking about also is the use of AI in video. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. know how much of that is done in recruitment now where you, it can read expressions, it can read emotion, it can, it can tell if this person is actually confident or if they're maybe not telling you the whole truth. Mm -hmm. How much of that is used in the recruitment? Uh, or if yeah, I mean, there's definitely people that send over video resumes and video like summaries of themselves. I personally haven't seen a company use that tool right now because video resumes are still newer, right? Like, I think a lot of us are still used to the LinkedIn's and the, the regular resumes and the regular cover letters. But eventually, you know, like I always recommend for my candidates to send video resumes because people get to know you before they know you. Like if you send me a video, 
I know, you know, how you talk, I know what you're saying, but sometimes that can also, in, you know, induce bias because if someone's a slow talker or if someone is struggling to turn the camera on, then it's like, oh, like you just kind of shot yourself in the foot. Right. Um, but I think there's also tools now that you record a video and it'll do an auto correct of your eyes to make sure you're looking at the camera. Yeah, it'll it'll auto correct like the background sounds. So if you have a kid screaming in the background, it'll take that away. It'll do like noise cancellation so that you look professional, right? But on the other, the flip side of it, you know, I feel like sometimes video resumes can actually add in more bias unless you are doing it in a way that does it and setting up specific parameters. Uh, but you're right, AI can definitely read if someone's confident, if someone's like, I mean, they'll even have like lying cues. Like if, if someone's saying something and they're like, I was watching a YouTube video about this and AI was like, oh, 50% of what she said is a lie. And I'm like, what if that's just me excited? Like, what if that's just, you know, me being excited and you think I'm a liar, right? Um, so I think we probably should do more research, or I probably need to do more research on this specifically before I talk about it more, because I haven't really seen a lot of my clients use this specifically, but I know it's going, I know it's going, I, it's getting there. It's going to get here before we know it. Yeah. As you look forward in the future, you know, what are some of the new developments that you've either heard of or you hope somebody's working on that will really help HR, maybe more specifically recruitment, but HR in general? Yeah, I think, you know, we really need to fix this problem of um, hiring managers, one, making quicker decisions so that we can have a quicker time to fill, but also then two, taking out some of the biases, right? Like they have to go to certain school, they have to have certain education, because I think as we start getting more towards the gig economy in which a lot of people have jobs, but they're also moonlighting or freelancing or whatever it is that you want to use. Um, it's not going to matter so much about what they've done in school. It's going to matter more about what they're doing today and how they're kind of, you know, being themselves by really making sure that they are qualified to do the job. So really measuring people from a milestone standpoint, as opposed to how many hours they're working, et cetera. I think that's something that we all as companies need to take a look at and accept the fact that there are going to be people that have more than one job because, you know, this country allows for it. So as long as it's not cutting into their deliverables at the company, um, how can you kind of allow that? And so looking at how AI can help with tools for time management people for people that are doing that and also time management for companies who are hiring people that are, you know, kind of working multiple jobs. So I think that's something that I'm really interested to see because I talk to clients who are like, I have a full-time job, but I'm also doing this and I need help with this, right? And I see that literally all the time. So it's getting more and more common. Um, and I know some companies don't like it and some companies don't care. So I think it's just depends on which side of the coil, uh, coin you fall on. Yeah, yeah. And I think one thing, you know, as engagedly, I always think about, you know, how can our product help recruiters, even mm -hmm. though we are not in the recruiting software business at all, mm -hmm. is that you can look at the profile of what your successful people in those roles have exhibited, right? So you might think that my best candidates are, you know, engineers with computer science degree from uh, MIT or University of Houston or, or whatever school, name the school, right? But you look inside and you realize your best engineers, you know, maybe didn't even graduate or they went to a small tier two, tier three, you know, state mm -hmm. school. Um, or they moved from a different role to become an engineer uh, by, by learning on the job. 
Yep. Really creating that profile based on the traits and the attributes and the skills that they have in that role where you, mm -hmm. when you look at the performance of those people, because I have all the data in Engagely, right? I have the data, the yep. performance of the people, their feedback, their, mm -hmm. their achievement of their goals and, um, and recognition they've had and the promotions they've had, all of that. I can use yep. that to actually build a profile on what an ideal candidate might be like. So I'm doing basically a candidate profile based on what success looks like in my organization and not what a recruitment manager might think it might be, right? Right. What do you think about that as a potential use case for AI? And it, or is there inherent bias because you're basically feeding the app, the, the cycle that you already have? No, I don't. I mean, I think that's a, first of all, great use case. I don't know that if you're feeding into the cycle, because I think a lot of times when you're trying, excuse me, when you're trying to improve on things and you use AI, we have to a lot of times think through what the biases are that we're inputting into that before we tell it to go, right? And so I think if if it's done the right way with thought, and again, just making sure that, you know, this is not something that we're taking with like small data sets, like use, using larger data sets to really train the AI, um, then I think this could be a really good use case scenario. And, and it's something that I, I'm, I'm sure um, a lot of team members along with recruiters and businesses would really approve and really like because it is essentially making our lives easier too, you know? So I think it's really goes back to what is the type of data you're feeding it and making sure that the data you're feeding it is not biased data. And that's typically when you'll see, you know, that it actually work out for the better. Great. Well, it has been a pleasure having you on the show talking about AI. I love talking about AI. I'm always looking yes, at likewise. different ways it can be deployed. Um, where can people learn more about you and connect with you if they want to you know, learn more about the work you do in recruitment and, and, and your organization? Yeah, so you can find me on my website, which is recruitgyan.com. So recruitgyan.com. And then my email is neha.nike at recruitgyan.com. So feel free to reach out, send me a LinkedIn um, connection request, and I'm happy to set up networking calls. Excellent. Well, thank you, Neha. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Shri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders Podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com slash people strategy leaders podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag people strategy leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios for recording and mixing this show.